What up? We are back in the studio today. It is time to get the ball rolling. Hey guys, we are back today and I am excited because we are now in the midst of college football. Now, uh, this podcast is being recorded on Wednesday, uh, the day before kind of the, the initial brunt of college football, uh, it being, you know, the, the Thursday games that we have on tomorrow. Well, this, this, episode will be released on Friday, so we're going to be talking about the games of the week, so some of these things might have already happened, and uh, we will be going over the recap of week one in college football next Monday. This is kind of our uh, preview into the week uh, as as the season gets uh, moves towards a lot more uh, consistency. Uh, there's not as many Thursday games, Friday games. I mean, this one, it's really spread out. We're really taking advantage of all this uh, college football. And I am super excited to be here because it is now upon us. We had a little bit of a taste uh, it back in week zero, right? A couple days ago, we had the Colgate-Villanova game. We had the Florida-Miami game. We had Youngstown against Sanford. And we had Hawaii against Arizona. And that was good enough to hold me over until uh, this Thursday. Super excited for this first week. I cannot wait uh, to see what is going to come of this football season always excited to see uh, what will happen. Now we're going to start off uh, with just a little bit of news and breaking uh, today, Dylan Moses, the uh, head linebacker, the play caller on that Alabama defense, will be out for the 2019 season, which is being reported. Uh, He was an animal. Uh, He's basically the guy you know Mel Kuyper had him up on the draft board and stuff so he will be out also I know on this show we have not talked about the uh top 25 going into the season so we'll start off with that uh, outside of uh Dylan Moses's uh, injury you know wish him the best but uh Alabama is definitely going to hurt not having him so to start off top five we have Clemson Alabama Georgia Oklahoma and Ohio State um pretty much everything that I thought everything that as I as I go through this top 25 everything seems pretty much par to me uh I don't know they have Notre Dame at nine and Florida at eight uh, I think that's a little high for those teams but uh, as you get going down it's like who do you substitute I think you could put in an Oregon team but they're going to have to win this next week and convince the nation I'm convinced of this Oregon team but it's time to convince the nation of the the validity of this Oregon team Uh, obviously Washington and Utah come in a little bit lower 13 14 we have Auburn at number 16 so it's going to be a 16 versus 11 matchup to start off the the season yeah 18 yeah Michigan State I and this is one thing I want to kind of rant here Wisconsin is 19th in the nation coming off of what I believe was a 7-5 and five season, a really kind of just vanilla season. How on earth are they in the top 25? Yes, they were 8-5. and five. They won their bowl game against Miami. How are they there? I'm not convinced. This, I, I was shocked as I was, that was the biggest surprise. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't clear on down till uh, number 19, but good heavens. And they play a pretty difficult schedule too. So 
how on earth is this team here? They went 8-5 last year. I mean, yeah, the previous, you know, two years, three years, four years, they've been really good. But eight wins for a Wisconsin team and probably one of the weakest sides of a, of a conference in college football really surprised me. And they went 8-5 and five last year, 7-5 and five in the regular season with losing Alex Hornibrook. Really kind of a high uh, ranking there. Uh, you got Iowa at 20, Iowa State at 21, Syracuse at 22, uh, Wazoo 23, uh, Nebraska 24. Another crazy prediction. I mean, like, what is up with these Big Ten schools getting this much recognition? They went 4-8 and eight last year, and here they are, number 24, as if uh, they went to a bowl game one and had a successful, you know, 9-4, like, 10-3 and three season. No, no, they were not successful seasons. Now, is there a potential that they will be good? Yeah, but uh, some of the teams that I would have put up there, I would have put up Army. Uh, they've had really two great, tremendous seasons coming off of that. Uh you look at a team like um, Boise State uh, is another one that I have written down. They're not up there. A team like Northwestern who went to the Big Ten uh, title game last year, kind of surprising off of this back end. But again, uh, they they say for every AP Top 25 that one of the teams – in the top ten, will drop out and not be uh, will be unranked at the end of the season. And one team that we're not expecting to get into the top ten will get into the top ten. And there's a couple people that come to mind uh, right there. Number one, right off the bat, I mean, sitting right on the outside, it would be really easy to say, well, Oregon was 11. They finished in the top 10 uh, if they were able to win that one. Uh, another team, a team like Utah, obviously a team from the Pac-12, will be up there. But uh, here's kind of a far-out one, and I'm telling you, I'm convinced of this team right now. The Iowa State Cyclones could end up in the top 10. And then uh, I'm going to throw... Oh, even even Syracuse, the Orange, uh, Orange Men, whatever you want to call them, I think they could even end up in the top ten just due to strength of schedule, I guess. It's not – I mean, they're playing the ACC. They do have to play Clemson, but outside of a Clemson loss, if you win every other game – well, not every other game – win every game besides that Clemson game, you're 11-1. You are most definitely going to be talked about in college football. And uh, another one, Boise State, uh, I think could make some noise, as could Fresno State, which uh, not receiving very many votes to get into the top uh, 25 after 11-2 season and beating the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils. So kind of an interesting uh, little, you know, top 25 as we get ready. It's It's been released. We had not talked about it on the show. So there it is. Uh, like I said, I really like some of these other teams. I think Boise should be ranked. I think Fresno should be ranked. I, I understand why you would put a Power 5 team like Nebraska, which probably will do good. I think they'll do better than last year. But they did go 4-8 last year. Are we really convinced? Like you ought to be certain that they are going to be uh, winning that side of the conference for them to be able to go up there. Uh, so we are going to go rolling through the games of the week. We're going to start off with the FBS. Uh, that kind of uh, part we'll probably do. Uh, we're, we're going, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to do the Power Five. Uh, we will have an ad break. We'll do the FCS, and then 
We'll do the group of five, or vice versa. We'll mix it up. We'll we'll get going here. We'll start off uh, start off with the game of the week. We'll do our overall game of the week up front right now. Uh, obviously, a neutral site game, but a game that everyone, I think, the eyes of the nation are going to be watching, and that is the Auburn against Oregon. It will be played in Dallas Cowboys Stadium at, in Arlington, and I am very, 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 very excited for this game. I cannot put as many varies as I would like. I could go on for 10 minutes. But this game is going to be a tremendous battle of just giants. Uh, I talked a little bit about with my friend the other day on, on Slinging the Pill, uh, and we talked a, a little bit, and we discussed how their playing styles, Auburn and Oregon, are so different. Oregon is, you know, the notorious West Coast, get up, run and gun, throw the ball all over the place against a team like Auburn. I mean, they do run quicker with Dan or with Gus Malzahn uh, than what they have in the past, but they are kind of these big bruisers, you know, uh, run the ball. I mean, they've had some tremendous running backs come out of Auburn, SEC versus the Pac-12, and it would be a great win for the Pac-12 to beat an SEC team. Uh, Dabo Sweeney threw a little bit of shade at Alabama saying, Really, they were tired because they played in the SEC, and he threw out a bunch of statistics saying that the SEC isn't as strong as what we think it is. It's just very top-heavy, so kind of interesting. So it will definitely be, I mean, Oregon's the protege coming out of the Pac-12. I think them and Utah uh, are the most hype around them. Washington, obviously, is champion until the throne, but there's a lot of hype around those two programs, and the Pac-12 has to do it right now. Let's see what gets it done. I think it is more important for the Pac-12 if Auburn loses here. Hey, it's a neutral site game. Uh, it is what it is, basically, is, is kind of how I would take it. I wouldn't be uh, super bummed out if I wasn't, uh, if I obviously was on that team. I mean, it's a, it, you're a neutral site game, really hard to, to prepare for a team of the caliber of Oregon, and vice versa. If Oregon loses, you can say uh, relatively the same things. But anyway, so that is our game of the week here. I get the ball rolling. Now, some of them will probably follow um, the CBS, ESPN, or Fox games of the week just because those are the, the most notorious. But throughout the season, we will be covering some other games, uh, games of, of interest that I have. And that, that's what I put for for uh, the overall game of the week out of the FBS. Now we're going to go through it by conference. Now, a lot of these, uh, during the season, there'll be conference games that will uh, could end up affecting the conference championship. It could end up affecting eligibility, just kind of things like that. So we're going to get rolling. Uh, we're actually going to start off with the group of five first, uh, take a break, we'll do the FCS, and then we'll finish off with the, the power five. Now, the first... First up here uh, in the group of five that I have questions about, and I think it, it, it is rightfully so, is the Georgia Southern Eagles. Now, last year they came off of a 10-3 and year. Uh, they're going to be going into Death Valley uh, on the road at LSU. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Um, obviously, you guys heard about, about their quarterback situation, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. Uh, Obviously, when you have a, a big distraction like that in the offseason, you're obviously going to have questions. But what I am most uh, interested in watching is can this Georgia Southern team execute their style of play uh, at a level uh, against LSU? I think LSU is far superior. I don't think Georgia Southern is going to win. But 
uh, in this side of the, the Sun Belt, you've got Georgia Southern, you've got Troy, and you've got Appalachian State, who are all battling to go to the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. So it will be it will give me a lot of indication when they play a, a vastly superior team. It will show holes, of course, and, and obviously the competition is completely different. But I want to see how this team responds. If they lose only by 7 or, or 14 points, that's a win. I want to see if they, if they don't get blown out. It will be a really interesting for LSU to see how they can kind of go out, get their legs under them. Georgia Southern is kind of a trap game. I mean, they run uh, a triple option type of offense, kind of a weird uh, style they got there. But I think that uh, by watching this game, it will tell us a lot of what how the Sun Belt will shake out in the end. I still think Appalachian will win, but I want to see how this Georgia Southern team plays. Overall, uh, as we near closer to the start of college football. Now, we're going to be transitioning into the MAC. We're kind of doing this fast. We're kind of going wild with it. We are getting it done here. I get the ball rolling. And the MAC uh, game of the week that I have is the Eastern Michigan Eagles on the road against Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, have commented uh, about Eastern Michigan out there in Ypsilanti. I got a couple of messages, and they asked, they said, why do you like our team so much? And I don't know why I, I like this team. The biggest thing is they went to a bowl game last year. In 2016, they also went to a bowl game, and they had a, a, what I would say a hangover. They went 5-7 and seven in 2017. They were able to rebound and go to 7-6 uh, and six last year, losing their bowl game, but nonetheless going to bowl game. I think Chris Creighton, uh, this might be his most talented squad yet. He does only bring back 10, uh, 10 starters, but a lot are on the offensive side. So I really want to see if this Eastern Michigan team can make a push. Obviously, the teams above them on that side of the conference, you have NIU, you have Western Michigan, and you have Toledo. But as we are figuring these things out, a team if you look at a team like Toledo that knocks off a big dog, well, we're going to see if, they, if that was just a really good game or if they're legit. And if I can see that Eastern Michigan uh, has got their stuff together. That game, for example, October 26, Toledo against Eastern Michigan is going to mean a lot more uh, when that rolls around. And also, Coastal Carolina is a pretty... Uh, Pretty good foe to be playing. Uh, really uh, a smart move coming out of the gate for Eastern Michigan. It is definitely a game they can win. They're not going to be outmatched. I think they're going to have a little bit more talent. And I think they're going to get the win. However, I definitely am going to be keying into that game as we as we progress throughout the throughout the season and, and see exactly how Eastern Michigan does and if they can get back-to-back -back, uh, bowl games. Because you got to understand, when these kids, when they get recruited and they go to these programs uh, like we'll take like an Eastern Michigan, they know they're not going to be playing for a national championship. They understand that. However, they, they're playing for the bowl game. They still want a postseason. I can't imagine any college athletes starting the season going, I really hope we only win four games. I hope we don't make eligibility. No, it provides a way that these kids, they're able to have one more week of football, one more week uh, that they're out of school. I mean, uh, some of these bowl games are just, they sound absolutely awesome, and I wish I could be on there. I mean, I would go out there and play. They played in the, the Camilla Bowl two years ago. They played in the Bahama Bowl. Could you imagine going and playing in the Bahamas in... Uh, 
in December or in, well, yeah, in December when uh, you're out there in the Yipsplani, Michigan, I mean, that's going to be totally different. It's going to have, you know, three feet, four feet of snow. Oh, no, we're going to go down to the Bahamas and play a, a, a bowl game. Let's go do it. Really interesting. So that is our Mac game of the week. Moving on uh, to the Conference USA. Now, this one uh, was a little bit tougher to decide because there were also uh, some CUSA teams that were playing higher uh, uh, teams, and, and this was one of them, is Louisiana Tech. They had a couple of absolute monsters on the defensive end last year, and I want to see how they can replace that. Uh, they surprised me this last year. They beat Hawaii. I watched the, them in the Hawaii Bowl, and uh, I thought Hawaii was going to throw all over them. They held them to 14 points, which is extremely impressive on their own turf. They went over there and they got the win. Really an impressive uh, uh, turnout and you know, despite only going seven and five last year, they had a couple of uh, heartbreaking losses—a loss to Southern Miss by just one point. So, you know, you tie some of these loose ends up, and I, I think that this Tech team uh, is interesting nonetheless. And uh, like I said, they've kind of slipped. Uh, I believe I talked about them in, in one of my earlier podcasts. But they've kind of slipped out of the the CSA uh, contention. They normally would be battling with Southern Miss and UAB, but people are taking them a little bit lower this year. And uh, they play Texas. So I want to see what happens to the defense. Is the defense going to be strong against a team like Texas who has the capabilities of, you know, being a Power 5 conference? Really kind of an interesting game there. Now we're going to be moving... uh, on over to the Mountain West Conference. And the game that I am most, most excited. Now, this might be the most exciting game uh, out of the group of five. But is this game of Fresno going on the road to USC? People don't understand. Fresno State went 12-2. and I think I said 11-2 and early. No, last year they went 12-2. and They beat Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. They beat Boise State in the, in the Mountain West title. They had a tremendous season. They finished 8 18th overall in the post or in the postseason rankings. The year before they went 10 and 4. Jeff Tedford obviously has something going for him. Uh, he was at the University of uh, California Berkeley before. Went on to go uh, coach in the Canadian League. Now he's back and he's putting it together. Now they do only return three starters on their offensive side. But if I know a, a guy like Jeff Tedford, he's going to find the kids. The diamonds in the rough, and they legit, I think this team has a very real possibility of knocking off USC. It will be interesting to see what, how USC responds. I think that it is a great game. Go on the road and overall win the state. If, if Fresno State beats USC and uh, they beat San Jose and they beat San Diego, guess what? In your mind, oh, and they also play Sacramento State. In your mind, you beat those four California schools, you're the best team in California in your mind. Now, there's obviously other California schools, but hey, you want it. I think their their schedule is very uh, favorable this next year, and I would not be surprised if this team gets back up to a uh, 12-digit win and uh, it all starts here at USC. They could, if they win this game, there's a very real possibility that this Fresno State team goes undefeated. Now, finally, 
out of our group of five uh, games of the week within the conferences, I know it's uh, it kind of confusing because we have our overall game of the week, but also just games to watch for. We have the Eastern or the East Carolina Pirates. Mike Houston coming out of James Madison, and uh, you know it hasn't been very far gone where they were able to go 10 and 3 and they had you know three years where this team completely balled out and I think that Mike Houston coming from a successful uh, FCS program is going to be able to do that now they take on in-state rival NC State they will be on the road now I don't expect this team to win but there's a guy named Colton Alhers that I want to see play I think this kid can ball I think he's a really good he's a sophomore he uh, was really fun to watch last year through for about 1800 yards I really want to see how this team is going to respond because I think that this team they could potentially make some noise as we go forward in the American Athletic they have uh, a lame duck at UConn who's leaving the conference uh, there and uh, they can go up and they can sneak up on a team like Temple on a team like UCF on a team like USF and uh, then all of a sudden we're like wow where did this team come from I think that uh, this team has a really easy schedule as as it's set up right now with uh, uh, playing Gardner Webb, William and Mary, and Old Dominion in our uh, non-conference games, along with North Carolina State, we will see how they do. I really, really am excited to see how this team responds. And overall, what is the Mike Houston era at East Carolina going to look like? So that has been our East Carolina, uh, our final prediction there in the American Athletic Game of the Week, East Carolina against uh, NC State. Now, we are going to be taking a break here. Uh, listen to the ad. After the ad break, we're going to be going through the FCS Games of the Week or uh, the games that I have covered out of the conferences in which I have covered because that is the conferences that I know. And then we will be moving on to our Power 5 out of the FBS. Stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun coming at you from getting the ball rolling always very grateful for anchor uh to allow me to do this now we're going to look at our uh fcs games of the week what are we looking at what is going to be going down uh we have covered seven i believe or is that six six different conferences uh on get the ball rolling and that is a lot of conferences along with fbs so we are going to be talking uh we'll start off with the caa game of the week i have townsend at the citadel now i think townsend is a top five program and i will stand by that prediction i think them and james madison are two ballers in the caa so be wary of this team they do not start off with an fbs team i think it will be very beneficial to them i honestly think they will roll over the citadel they have a guy uh quarterback uh joe flacco's little brother and uh mr flacco number 14 i believe his name is tom and he is a very very hard worker i think that this team will be able to do some special things this year and i think that is going to be uh all about Will this team, where is this team going to be at uh, in November? Do I think 
Do I think that this team has the potential to do it? Yes. Starting off with a team like the Citadel, a team that uh, hasn't been as good in the past, get a win, get out those, you know, those cobwebs, whatever you want to call it, and let's move on. Also, Shane Simpson, I think he could be a legit back. Uh, he's a running back at Towson in the NFL. Moving on to the Patriot League, I'm going to have Georgetown at Davidson. Uh, I think these are two really good matchups. Uh, I, I want to see what happens with the Hoyas. And uh, we'll see how this Davidson team looks this upcoming year. Uh, like I said, we only did cover Colgate out of the Patriot League. But I want to watch. I want to be uh, very intent on watching these teams because I want to learn more about them. Obviously, I didn't get them on the podcast. So I'm going to watch this game. And I want to see, can this Colgate team beat the Hoyas? How is it going to look out? Can the Hoyas get into the to the college football, uh, the, the playoff down there in the FCS? And what's going to be going on with Davidson? Moving on to the Ohio Valley, we have the UT Martin Skyhawks taking on the Demons of Northwestern State. I think this is one of the best uh, first week matchup, Northwestern State and uh, uh, UT Martin, I think, are very evenly matched. UT Martin had a very uncharacteristic year last year. I want to see how they get back. I loved having them on the show. I love the Skyhawks. And overall, I'm very excited to see what the Demons do this year as well. Uh, I think UT Martin has a lot of experience and a lot of talent coming back uh, where you're going to be able to build a program around and you're going to be able to hang a hat if you're a coach uh, on this program. So really excited out of the Ohio Valley to have UT Martin versus Northwestern State. Very, I believe it's on ESPN+. Plus. If you are not watching an FBS game or if you have some extra time uh, between games, flip this game on. It is going to be a good one. Uh, moving on to the Missouri Valley. Uh, actually, we're going to skip the Missouri Valley. We'll leave that one for last. And uh, we'll move on to the Big Sky. Now, uh, I really think this is kind of an interesting matchup, and I want to see uh, Eastern Washington at U University of Washington. I think UW will win. Uh, I don't think that uh, that's coming into question, but with Eastern Washington, are they going to have a little bit of playoff hangover? They took second last year. They made it. They cracked the code to get in the national championship. Now, they didn't win it, but they cracked the code. So where is the expectation going to be set this year? Are they going to be set to where they can go out and they're going to win it and they're going to, you know, they're going to be national champions? I think a perfect test is against this Washington Huskies team. Uh, the offense of Eastern Washington brings back quite a few starters, and the defense of Washington does not, only brings back two. I believe that this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think, and if there is going to be a crazy upset, I think that this potentially could be it. I really want to watch this game. I'm very intent on watching this game just to see how these Eagles do. That is going to determine how UC Davis does, how Weber State does. It's going to be very interesting as we're coming playoff time and we're talking about teams. All right, are we going to take three, four teams out of the big sky? Well, Eastern Washington, they beat Washington. Well, they might have had a couple losses. Going to be really interesting how it all shakes out. Uh, and then moving on to the big south, it will be Western Illinois at North Alabama. North Alabama, uh, I believe, is in a transition year down there in the big south. And uh, you're playing the you're playing Western Illinois, which is a is a really good uh, team out of the Missouri Valley, really an interesting team. Uh, last couple of years haven't done as good as what they would like, but uh, I believe even ever since Bob Nielsen left there. But I really want to see how uh, both teams respond to one another. And uh, so there's that. And then finally, 
Uh, the game of the week, and that's why I said we're going to move the Missouri Valley back a little bit, is going to be South Dakota versus Montana. Uh, I don't want to call it a must-win game for either side, but I think in uh, the Bobby Huck era up there in Montana, this is going to be a very important game to get the win and to set their season up right, to get them ready to go, to see what ends up happening with them. And on the flip side, South Dakota, two years ago in 2017, had a tremendous season. And last year was a little bit of a downer. I was a little bit uh, disappointed in how they played last year. Nonetheless, we have a new year. It is upon us. And I think if they can get a win against Montana, who I think is a top 20 team and will probably be on the verge of going to the playoffs. They do have a very tough schedule in the big sky, but being on the verge of the playoffs is going to totally depend. If South Dakota wins this game and they go through the gauntlet, that is the Missouri Valley, they're going to be able to go through it. I think that uh, you know you can get a win against a team like Illinois State, a team like Indiana State, and you're going to boost your resume to be able to get into the playoff. And likewise with Montana, you might lose to uh, Weber State or to UC Davis or to Eastern Washington or any of those teams. But guess what? If you go out and you beat a team like South Dakota, which is uh, a very notable win, I think that uh, you'll be able to hang your hat on that. So that is the game of the week. That is the Missouri Valley game of the week as well. Truly uh, excited for what the FCS has this next year. I'm very excited to be covering it across the board and, uh, we will see. I believe that I might even be going on the road down to Las Vegas to watch the Southern Utah University T-Birds uh, down there play the Rebels in Las Vegas. But that is uh, still TBD. We'll probably uh, be trying to get down there. But another notable game I just want to throw out there. We do have Colgate at Air Force. I want to see how Colgate responds to uh, last week's disappointment. And also you have Campbell at Troy. Uh, we'll see how the fighting camels do against a team uh like the troy trojans so that is our fcs uh kind of looking forward into the week and get ready because fcs is going to be starting up on thursday really super excited and uh cannot wait to see what it has in store this next year and finally we are now on our power five uh the conferences where we will be looking forward for this next week. Now, I kind of switched it up here. Uh, I know that we'll be talking about the Pac-12 right now, but uh, outside of the game of the week, I also really want to be watching intently on the Stanford game. Uh, they are playing a home game against Northwestern, uh, both very strong and academic, so we're going to have some brainiacs out there battling. And... Uh, mainly, both teams lose a lot on both sides of the ball, and so they're going to be really young teams and I expect uh, quite a few mistakes in this game I'm not going to lie I think uh, David Shaw and Pat Fitzgerald Pat Fitzgerald is are two of the best uh, younger coaches in college football realm and I think both of them have done very good to be able to build the programs and what they are especially with the strict academic requirements so Honestly, I really am excited to see what happens uh, off the back end. I think these uh, of a Stanford nine and four season, and obviously Northwestern beating Utah uh, in the bowl game and beating or uh, losing to Ohio State in the championship game. But really excited to see how this all kind of shakes out uh, for the Cardinal and for the Wildcats this year. Very important game. Uh, I don't think it, it, if you lose this game, it is the end of the world. But Stanford does be they will be going on the 
the road to uh, Los Angeles taking on USC the following week. So are they going to be looking ahead? Uh, will they be able to get the job done at home? Uh, at night against uh, a team like Northwestern. Really uh, a fun kind of to start off the to start off the college football Pac-12. Here we go, right? Now, the questions here we go that I have. Now, I have a couple questions going into this game, uh, but I am very high on this team as we get into the Big 12, and that is the Iowa State Cyclones. In my uh in my podcast of, the, of Iowa State, I talked about how much I liked them and how much I see this team going forward. What is good about them? What uh, do I like? What do I not like? That kind of thing. I think Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback. I really do. He chose Iowa State over AM. I think that he does. I think that he really shows what Ames, Iowa is all about. And he went there. And they're going to be taking on a really tough foe, uh, uh, an in-state foe against Northern Iowa. Now, they lost to Northern Iowa back in 2016. So, obviously, uh, a couple of those guys were on that, that, that team when they lost. Matt Campbell lost to them. Uh, they did get him in 2017, and they did not play in 2018. But he's 1-1 against them, so... I think this team has the talent go out, knock them off. But what is this Iowa State going to look like? I think that this team potentially could end up in the top 10. And I think it will give a lot of indications, especially a team against Northern Iowa. You have a bye week afterwards. You're not really looking forward two weeks in ahead to play against Iowa. So really important to win your state. Really excited to see how those Cyclones do. And beware, I really think that this... Uh, this key team can do stuff. They're my pretty much my surprise team of the year. Now, uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about a game that has some implications uh, to be canceled, but nonetheless, I want to watch it. Uh, Boise State uh, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. They will be playing in Jacksonville, and uh, because of the tropical storm, I believe it even could be a hurricane at this point, Category 1 hurricane, uh, Dorian is barreling towards the Florida, you know, panhandle. We will see if this team uh, will end up even playing this game uh, due to excessive rainfall and stuff. I have been in the tropics. I lived in Puerto Rico. I know what these storms are like, and you don't want to be out playing football in them. But a lot of questions, you know, Willie Taggart went 5-7. and seven. They, You know, a lot of people uh, blame Jimbo Fisher for leaving the program the way he did, and uh, we'll see if Taggart will be able to turn it around. He's back at his alma mater, right? And uh, or he was there as as a grad assistant. I can't remember exactly his entire story, but he's back to Florida State. He's ready to take him uh, to the next level. He did really well at Western Kentucky. Uh, I was kind of disappointed with what happened at Oregon, but he didn't go to he didn't uh, coach in the bowl game that year, but. Uh, we'll see how he does with Florida State, and uh, it's his second year, and he brings back 16 uh, on both sides of the balls, or eight on eight, 16 together. So, really excited to see how this team uh, plays against a team like Boise State, where we know Boise is just one of those teams that they're just hard to overcome, and it would look really bad optically for them to lose that game. And for Boise State, it's something that as we near the college football playoff, kind of like Fresno State, you're going to be able to say, hey, we beat, we beat Florida State, put us into the college football playoff or put us into a New Year, a New Year uh, Six Bowl. Now, uh, going into the Big Ten, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on Florida Atlantic. Now, normally, because I am not a huge Ohio fan, uh, 
However, I still uh, love to watch college football. I really want to see how Ryan Day uh, takes over. He was the interim coach and uh, for a little bit, I believe it was last year, uh, yes, in 2018, games one through three. And he was able to win those games. He put up 77 points against uh, Oregon State. He smoked uh, Rutgers, and he played. they played fairly well against a, a very good TCU team. However, I want to see, uh, obviously, they're going to be talented because they're still Urban's kids. And uh, with Kyle Whittingham, the last time, uh, well, Urban left Florida, but you look at Utah, you know, four years after Urban left, they won the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. So uh, you have a team, obviously, that has talent. I'm very keen on seeing how he's going to be able to uphold that Ohio uh, State standard. And uh, overall, they went 13-1 last year. They went 12-2 uh, and two the year before. They went 11-2. and two. They've obviously been to a national championship and won it in 2014. So be ready to watch this Ohio State team. Really excited to see what ends up happening with them. And obviously, uh, if they're going to be able to take down a, a team like Michigan in the end, obviously they've you know beat Michigan a lot last in the last couple of years, so uh, really kind of set the tone against a very strong Lane Kiffin team that's going to throw the ball all over the place. Finally, uh, our team that we will be highlighting out of the SEC is the Kentucky Wildcats, and again, this is another one of those. They had a really good season a year ago, and uh, 10-3, and they did lose a tremendous amount of starters. They are playing Toledo, the Rockets, and Toledo is not a team you want to take uh, lightly. Uh, Toledo beat, I believe, a couple years ago, they beat BYU by three points or vice versa. It was like 55-52 or something like that. So they have proven that they can go up, they can play these big teams, and uh, they can potentially win. And uh, obviously, that, I believe that was when Matt Campbell was there regardless but honestly really a good first matchup with a team uh, a team that has talent but definitely Kentucky will have more talent we'll see how they respond uh with uh on both sides of the ball against a very talented Toledo team who will probably end up winning the MAC so that is our week one preview now. It might seem a little bit fast as I am getting through these things, but I want to let you guys know with all this information. Uh, as we go through the season, we will have the uh, reaction uh, podcast on Monday, the FCS release on uh, Wednesday, and the FBS released on Friday. But because of the weirdness of week zero and the weirdness of week one and everything that is going on right now uh, with college football, we really want to uh, cover everything. And uh, we wanted to get a reaction uh, because, you know, Monday Monday we released the Utah State one. Anyway, just kind of a logistical thing. So uh, stay tuned. Continue to like the show. I absolutely uh, am loving uh, the amount that we have grown in the last month or so. Uh, continue to like and follow us all over uh, social media at Get The Ball Rolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And make sure to comment. Let me know what you think. And uh, hopefully we can have a couple of fans call into the show and we will see uh, how they react and uh, get everybody excited for college football. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay tuned. A lot more to go. And uh, until next time, keep the ball rolling.